0: Good mate. Forty here. So, I was uh, driving back from Aladala on Friday, and uh, I was looking at. I uh, wanted to get a quick, quick burst of the news on my phone. I was following the Dallas Cowboys game on the whole drive. Drive back from Aladala was like a three-hour drive, and every minute I'd pick up my phone to c- cover play-by-play their the game against the New Orleans Saints. So it was. It's Friday afternoon, Australia time, and uh, it was Thursday evening in, in the United States. So we stop off for lunch, and I pick up my phone, look at Apple News for a quick burst of the, the news, and it says that uh, Guru Jagat had died. And I thought, wait a second, I knew a Guru Jagat because I started doing Kundalini yoga in was it in 2009 2010 she was one of my favorite teachers and uh i was quite friendly with her she came to me on several occasions for alexander technique lessons so i really liked guru jagat and i really enjoyed kundalini yoga so part of me is susceptible to cults right so part of me like loves joining a group where they go oh we love you luke and you know, feeling that warm embrace of the of the, of the you know, insular group, and like, yeah, you never think 40s into into cults, but yeah, part of me just really enjoys like tight knit community, which you can often which you can often call a Call, hey, g'day, Josh Randall. So, uh, 2009, 2010 were somewhat tough years for me because it was late 2007 that I realised I could no longer blog for a living, so I was kind of searching for my way forward in life. And I said, oh, I am trained to become an Alexander Technique teacher. That's a, that's a gold goldmine of, of money. And while I'm training, I'm going deeper and deeper into credit card debt. So eventually it gets over $50,000. And when I shifted from, from writing full time to setting to be an Alexander Technique teacher, I lost much of my social circle because my social circle used to revolve around writer groups. Los Angeles press club gatherings, you know, writer groups, that was my primary social circle. So when I shifted from being a writer full-time, I lost most of my social circle. And so I was kind of struggling, and I found this Kundalini Yoga studio not far from my house on, on Robertson Boulevard. And so I thought it'd be most effective, yeah, $50,000 is a monster hit to get out from under, I managed to knock it off in a little over two years. I just uh, worked several jobs, worked 50-plus uh, hours a week and uh, knocked it all off by by April of 2018. I was all out of credit card debt. So there's a wonderful Kundalini Yoga studio near me on, on Robertson Boulevard, near Pico Boulevard in, in Los Angeles. And I thought I'll be most cost-effective, I know... At this point, I was already like $20,000 in credit card debt. It would be most cost effective if I just get the one-year unlimited yoga membership. So I signed up for one year of unlimited yoga for a $1,000. Like it was a total bargain. And I think I went something like 200 times that year. And then I signed up again in 2010 because it was such a bargain. And I went about 111 times. So I was really enjoying it. I, I had experiences there that i'd never had anywhere else i got a girlfriend there there are a lot of jews there uh the the 3ho happy healthy holy uh brand of yoga is uh, vegetarian so i felt quite comfortable there but at the same time i was doing myself a lot of serious damage like i was trying to keep up with the class and so i was stretching all sorts of ligaments that were not meant to be stretched that way and uh, it took several thousand dollars in, uh, in physical therapy to, uh, to, to get rid of the, the damage. So there's a terrific article in the New York Times how yoga can wreck your body. So, yeah, unless you're flexible, unless you're incredibly self-disciplined, most people, if they go to a yoga class, they're going to feel a strong need to keep up with the class, and then you can do tremendous damage to yourself. So I was just like stretched all sorts of ligaments that were not supposed to be stretched that way. Thousands of dollars in physical therapy, I had to pay out for the way that I'd I pushed myself. Uh, just you want to kind of keep up, like you see everyone else doing these poses all around you, and and I wanted to I wanted to keep up. And so in 2012, uh, New York Times published this great essay how yoga can wreck your body and uh, the author says I managed to rupture a disc in my lower back from doing yoga <laughs> and then doing uh, more yoga uh, his back gave way again and uh, he thought yoga was only a source of healing but not harm and <laughs> that's not true for western people right? who are not used to these poses you can do a tremendous amount of harm. So he, he talks, this article talks about one yogi comes to start a young school of yoga, throws himself to a spinal twist and then pop, 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 three of the man's ribs give way. So it's really hard to resist when you've got a room full of people doing yoga all around you and you feel like you want to keep up. So it's not just yoga students, but plenty of celebrated yoga teachers have injured themselves in droves, right? So, for for Western people, yoga is a really dicey bet, right? Yoga is good for people in very good physical condition, but it really shouldn't be used for the general population. I mean, danger. Yoga is incredibly dangerous. I mean, telling everyone to just do you know all these all these procedures and, and stretches. Uh, Some people can do them and many people can't. So Indian practitioners of yoga, they have typically squatted and sat cross-legged in daily life for decades. all right And so yoga poses, what are called asanas, have an outgrowth of these, these Indian practices. But people in the West who sit in chairs all day and they walk into a yoga studio a couple of times a week and then strain to try to twist themselves into these difficult yoga postures... Despite their lack of flexibility, despite their various physical problems, they're going to have a lot of injuries. So people come to yoga as like a gentle alternative to vigorous sports or to rehabilitate injuries. But most yoga teachers don't have an abundance of training. Most yoga teachers only have like two hundred hours of, of training. Like to be to become an Alexander Technique teacher, I had to train uh, five days a week for three hours a day for three years. Right? Yoga teacher training is typically done on over the course of a, a few weekends. And many, maybe most yoga classes are just pushing people to do all sorts of things that, you know, people can't do. you got teachers kind of jumping on people and pushing on people and pulling on people. You should be able to do this by now. And people's egos get wrapped up. And uh, there's all sorts of trauma that happens as a result. So yeah, your regu- regular people in the first world should not do yoga, All right. Right. So all sorts of uh, yoga poses can uh, can just do gruesome, gruesome damage to people who aren't ready for them. And congratulations are in order to Bruce. I became a father to a beautiful, healthy daughter this weekend. Muzzle tov. Congratulations, Bruce. Way to go. So I was looking at... Apple News, and it, it features right up top the second coming of Juru Jagat. She was one of my favorite teachers at the Kundalini Yoga studio that, that I went to, and I'd take her class uh, think at least once a week, and uh, she was just like friendly and nice and, and unpretentious. Now, I brought my crystal light with me to Australia. She would talk about astrology and I would hear all sorts of things in these Kundalini yoga classes, which just seemed like total nonsense to me. But I enjoyed the group. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed meeting people. I it just seemed like a happy, healthy, holy even uh, place to to hang out. And they were little like Buddhas, uh, which from a from a traditional Jewish perspective is like ah, you know, I doubt idols, idols, but. But then the, the, the kundalini practitioners don't really use them, see them as idols. They see them as like teaching aids. So eventually I, I felt such a conflict between my, my orthodox Judaism as it was understood and practiced by the, by the rabbis that uh, I would spend time with and uh, my kundalini yoga studio that I left uh, kundalini yoga after two years. But I had a, I had a good experience there. But on the other hand, I recognize the downsides. I did thousands of dollars of damage to myself. The Physical therapy was very expensive to repair the damage that I caused myself in yoga. And then very early on in my experience in Kundalini yoga, I did some research on this uh, particular form of yoga, Kundalini yoga, and uh, saw that hundreds of ex-members of this group regarded it as a dangerous, dangerous cult. So it's like anything else, whether it's Ascetic Judaism or Seventh-day Adventism or, you know, certain forms of Roman Catholicism, uh, I'm sure that these, these religions or these practices can be good for some people and harmful for other people, and it's hard to predict, you know, going in whether it's something that will be good for you or, or bad for you. And, and same with people. Like, there was a very powerful article on uh, Stephen Glass, the, the fabulist, that uh, just came out. It was called uh, Stephen Glass's Biggest Lie. And so he invented all sorts of uh, stories for the New Republic, All right. And so he had to leave journalism. And he moved to L.A. because people in L.A. don't really care that much if you invented a bunch of stories for a, for a magazine that nobody's ever heard of, <laughs> the, the New Republic. So uh, Stephen Glass reinvented himself in a legal assistant in the, in the personal injury firm. And uh, he married this uh, novelist and uh, an attorney, and uh, they had a beautiful, beautiful marriage by all respects. And uh, Stephen Glass wanted to dedicate himself to being truthful, to try to rehabilitate himself. And so, yeah, Julie Hilton was, uh, was the woman he eventually married. And uh, she'd gone to Harvard, she'd gone to Yale Law School, she judged for Stephen Breyer, and she had a turbulent life. She had a mother who developed early-onset Alzheimer's, and Hilden bit her about her difficult childhood, abandoned her mother as she slowly died from the disease. And Hilden published The Bad Daughter, which is a searing memoir about how she ignored her mother's needs and carried on with her life as a young lawyer in New York. She describes her infidelity to her boyfriend, how she covered it up with lies, how she lied about her mother. And so she got together with Stephen Glass, and they got married, and she, she came down with early-onset uh, Alzheimer's herself. And she didn't want to talk about it when she was sick in the last few years. So she insisted that uh, Stephen you know, join her in the lie that they were just going kind to of ignore what was happening to her. So Stephen had... Made this big commitment to living in truth after his humiliation, but now he had to tell this big lie and carry on this big lie to to kind of save the the psyche and save the happiness of his wife Julie Hilden. So just a very moving story here. I'll put a I'll put a link. So yeah, usually telling the truth is the right thing to do. But sometimes sometimes people need you to keep up their delusions if they're going through a particularly difficult time. So Stephen Glass obviously did a lot of bad things in making up stories for the New Republic and betrayed people, but uh, people are complex. Josh Randall says, I remember doing a yoga pose that supposedly helped with digestion. I felt my butt bone cut into my glutes. It was in pain for weeks. Yeah. So not everyone is cut out for yoga, right? Like it's supposed to be this like gentle healing thing but it's hard not to get competitive or at least feel like you should be keeping up with the class. So what are you missing? There's a four-part documentary series that's going to come out on HBO Max about my former yoga teacher, Guru Jagat. And Bruce says, I fear my daughter, my newborn daughter will interfere with my Luke Ford stream consumption. <laughs> Everybody needs a place to get away. Everybody knows your name and they're always glad that you came. Okay, so I'm looking through Apple News and I see a story on Guru Jagat and that she'd recently died. And this is a young woman. I knew her when she was about 30 and she was a popular yoga teacher, but she apparently became a real guru. And when I knew her, she used the name Guru Jagat, but she also used Kundalini Katie. And uh, she was born, I think, Katie Griggs. Right on a, on a farm in Colorado, but she moved to Los Angeles, she became a yoga teacher, and then so many yoga teachers become gurus. Now, there's nothing inherent in teaching yoga or teaching physics that, that makes someone qualified to become a guru, but in our more secular age, people are looking for direction. So, Charles Barkley, the NBA player, could say, I don't want to be a role model, but all of us are role models to somebody, right? We, we can't escape the fact of life that we have an influence on other people, We don't control other people, but we have an influence on other people. I was reading a story on uh, the Australian media in the past decade and talked about a famous case of two, two DJs in Sydney, Australia, who when uh, one of the, one of the prince's wives was, was in uh, in hospital to give birth to a baby, they, they called the hospital and, uh, and they pretended to be the queen mother. They pretended to be the queen calling for her daughter-in-law. And so the nurse who put them through uh, was so appalled by what happened that she committed suicide. Now, I don't think you can blame these Sydney DJs who are just doing a prank call for the nurse of suicide. This nurse had a long history of mental illness. Now, the nurse did a suicide note where she blamed the DJs and said, I hope they will pay off my, my mortgage. Uh, but we're not responsible Generally speaking, for other people's suicides, right? You make a prank call, and someone is so ashamed that they commit commit suicide. That's not on you. Maybe up to five percent is is on you. So we can have an influence on other people. We do influence other people, but we're not, generally speaking, responsible for other people. I could say something on a live stream that could uh, have an absolutely, you know, devastating effect on your life if you used, used it in the wrong way. I'm not responsible for that if you ruin your life. So Guru Ghat was born Katie Griggs. She was a middle-class white girl born in the summer of 1979 on a Colorado farm. And she was my she was my friend and a yoga teacher for about two years and my Alexander Technique student. And so some say Guru Ghat was a bona fide spiritual leader. Some say she was a fraud. Some say she was a controversial thought leader. Some say she was a bigot, a feminist, a rape apologist. Now at age 41, she's dead. She broke her ankle, went in for ankle surgery, and had a heart attack and died. So that's the official story. She died of a pulmonary embolism following ankle surgery. So just thinking about cults, like... People who have a particular need for, for meaning, all right, they're very likely to fall into cults because when we don't have that ordinary human connection, then we become desperate for meaning. Then we become particularly susceptible to believing in conspiracy theories and superstition and uh, nonsense. So, so Kundalini Yoga is known for its like intense breath work. There's like, think breath of fire. And so I stopped doing that. Because you're just like a dog's breath, you're, you're just breathing in really rapidly. And you can't do it, however, without tensing and contracting your neck. So, about half of the procedures, particularly virtually all the breath work, intense breath work in Kundalini Yoga, I stopped doing very early on because it interfered with my Alexander technique training. So, Kundalini Yoga is characterized by intense breath work, repetitive poses. Vegetarianism, alternative lifestyle choices, wearing uh, wearing white, eating mostly vegetarian. Okay, comment about Omicron. So it sounds like a very strong possibility that Omicron will spread more easily than Delta, but also be less deadly, be less severe. So it sounds like cowpox, right? Cowpox was a watered down version of smallpox. And it was from Edward Jenner that we got vaccines who noticed that uh, the girls milking the cows would get cowpox, but they'd never get smallpox. So it sounds like people getting Omicron, it sounds like at this stage that it could very well act as a sort of vaccination, that their experience with COVID will be relatively mild and they won't get, I hope, they won't get the the more severe forms of COVID. We, We don't know very much about Omicron. How did Omicron wind up in Australia two days after being discovered in South Africa? So just because Omicron was discovered in South Africa two days ago does not mean that it was only around for two days. And Omicron has been around for weeks. It's probably been circulating in America, in Europe, and in Australia and elsewhere. It was only discovered about a week ago. And it was it was brought to Australia same way it was brought to California and other places by people who traveled from South Africa. And some of these people that have been vaccinated and their experience with Omicron was very mild, right? So at this stage, we don't have uh, strong evidence that Omicron will be as deadly as Delta. Yeah, but we've been quarantining people coming into Australia. Yeah, but if it's an Australian citizen who has a right to return to Australia, right, they come in, and they're vaccinated, but they may still be carrying Omicron or some other variant. So when I got into Australia, about uh, nine days later, I got an urgent email shortly after Omicron from New South Wales Health Department saying you must go in for a test. So I went in for for a COVID test and it showed negative. Elliot Blatt says, sounds like another step in the natural evolution of viruses. Yeah, so eventually a coronavirus will evolve to be less lethal. But in the meantime, it could have a variation that is more lethal. Eventually, in the long run, it will become less lethal. But right now, we could have variants that become more lethal. How do I release tension in my neck, at the base of my neck? Okay, not easy. So a free neck means that someone, just like with a very light touch, can move your head around. So usually tension in your neck and in your body will reflect what's going on in your thinking and in your emotions. So as you free your thinking and free your emotions, you may be able to free up unnecessary muscular tension. Also, as you let go of unnecessary muscular tension, you will likely free up your thinking and uh, free up your,
1: your emotions as
0: well. And uh, Elliot Blatt says, doesn't make sense that we could get a variant that's even more deadly. Well, that's what happened with the 1918 Spanish flu. You had the first variant, which was moderately deadly, and then you had more deadly variants after that. And then eventually the virus mutated to become less lethal. So eventually these viruses do mutate and become less lethal, but we don't know how many millions of people they will kill in the meanwhile. I can't take the pandemic anymore, says Josh Randall. Well, whether you can take or not take it, uh, the pandemic rolls on. So you can protect yourself by being in good shape, not being overweight, getting plenty of exercise and rest, uh, getting vaccinated and, and getting the booster shot. Did you hear about the COVID concentration camps in Queensland? Okay, any COVID concentration camps? They're, they're not concentration camps, all right. People are not being worked to death. People are not being sent up uh, uh, chimneys, all right. They're just being quarantined. So social distancing is a practice that goes back thousands and thousands of years. It's used in the Bible for people who have diseases like leprosy. So. Social distancing and these quote-unquote COVID concentration camps, they've been used for thousands of years. It's a normal reaction to a pandemic that people who may be at a high likelihood of transmitting a deadly disease, you want to isolate them until they're not lethal anymore. So, I drank garlic juice today and my skin has been burning all day. Wow. Wow. I have never drunk garlic juice, but uh, the people around you must be, must be enjoying the, the, the pungent odour. Richard Spencer admitted to having intercourse with Faith Gordy on the kill stream two days ago. <sighs> All right, so here I am coming back from Aladala to Sydney Friday afternoon, and I read this story on Apple News+. Plus about uh, my former yoga teacher. Apparently, she turned into a full-fledged guru. All right? And if you want to understand how gurus work, my primary recommendation is the terrific podcast Decoding the Gurus." So, so, kundalini yoga practitioners like to refer to it as ancient technology. All right? This is something that uh, gurus and religious people often do. They claim that their practices have very ancient roots and frequently this stuff is just invented. So Kundalini Yoga was basically entirely made up in the late 1960s by uh, Habajan Singh Khalsa, a former Indian customs agent. He immigrated from India to the United States and he died a rich and beloved guru known as Yogi Bhajan. So he started 3HO, happy, healthy, holy. So he took elements of Sikhism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Dressed them up in a New Age aesthetic, sprinkled in techno futurist jargon, and uh, built a multi-multi-multi-million dollar empire that included a private security firm, as well as the enormously popular Yogi Tea brand. Is that why I, you wore the tights? Spray. I wore the tights spray because all of my clothing was in the wash, so all I had was my dad's dressing gown, right? This belonged to my dear old dad. So I could have just worn this alone or I I, I pled with my sister for like a shirt and and some sweatpants and that's what I got. Is it true what they say about girls who smoke? What do they say about girls who smoke? That they're more promiscuous? Uh, I'm not sure there's a dramatic difference in promiscuity between girls who smoke and girls who don't. I mean, if someone's smoking now or in the last 30 years, generally speaking, that indicates that they're lower class. So working class girls, easier routes than middle class and upper class girls. Not sure about that. It's my dear old dad's dressing gown. I think it uh, really suits me. All right, so uh, HBO Max is producing this four-part documentary series on uh, my former yoga teacher, Guruji Jagat, and, and the Breath of Fire. So I think like there are all sorts of procedures where you you put your you know point your thumbs out and uh, trying to take in, and, t- and you really do have intense intense experiences. So Yogi Bhajan was accused of rape sexual misconduct, financial misconduct. And uh, not many people paid attention, but I read about it in 2009 when I joined the Kundalini Yoga Studio. So I got informed. I spent about 20 hours reading all the reports from ex-members of his group. So I continued on with practicing Kundalini Yoga, but, but with an awareness of how dark an experience has been for some people. So we almost can't help joining cults. We can't help joining groups where we affirm ourselves as essentially being chosen. That you know we truly understand what, what's going on, but you can't go through life alone without joining groups. But you can maintain like kind of an outside uh, an outside sense of skepticism. So Luke's old Yogi was a dirtbag. Well, let's just say Yogi Bajan was a complicated figure, right? So. His former employee, former lover, Pamela Dyson, published an explosive memoir in 2020, White Bird in a Golden Cage, My Life with Yogi Bhajan. And after this book, you get an onslaught of other accusations, including sexual battery, rape, fraud, child molestation. And a report conducted by an independent third party found that the abuse more likely than not occurred. Yeah, complicated dirt bag, not just like a regular dirt bag. People are complicated. right? So, Guru Jagat, my former yoga teacher, and, and all the yoga teachers at, at my studio, they would all defend Yogi Bhajan. What do I think of conspiracy theories? So, conspiracy theories in the connotative sense, in the way that phrase is used, uh, I think they usually bunk. But, of course, any time various people conspire to do something, of course, that happens all the time. But what are commonly commonly shared is conspiracy theories. I think they're nonsense, and they come out of this human need for fine, fine meaning. So E. Michael Jones had a discussion with Kevin MacDonald, and they both basically said they had the same goals, which is to uh, essentially reduce or eliminate Jewish influence in the West. I think that's what they're about. So Guruji Ghat uh, posted a video to discredit uh, this woman, Yogi Bhajan's former lover Pamela Dyson. She defended Yogi Bhajan, and then her stance triggered a backlash. So a former personal assistant, Guruji Ghat, began posting reports of Guruji Ghat's bad behavior, toxic workplace. She's abusive, irrational, prone to lying. She spent money like water, often came up short when it was time to pay her employees. And then Guru Jagat wrote, F you all for not drafting a promotional email as she'd wished and threatened the group. I will ring your necks if not every photo you've ever taken up until now isn't in the Dropbox. Okay, so even uh, religious leaders and yoga leaders and gurus, they're all fallible human beings. So just because people are awful and toxic in uh, some situation does not mean that there are other situations where they're not fine. I I don't believe that people are demons. So so I'm sure Hitler was nice to his dog. I'm sure Hitler was nice to some people. Joseph Stalin was nice to some people. So uh, even serial killers often love their mothers. People are complicated. So... I grew up in Seventh-day Adventism, which many people would regard as a cult. I converted to Orthodox Judaism, which many people would regard as a cult. Um, I had two years in Kundalini Yoga, which many people would regard as a cult. So I have a lot of experience in these "quote-unquote" culty groups, and so I love the I love the togetherness with a cult, right? I love the feeling of camaraderie. And at the same time, I recognized that uh, there's dangers with you know, strong in-group thinking where you just you know, think only people in your group matter and uh, everyone else is uh, inferior. So we'll always be joining groups and we'll always have priorities in, in who we love, but we also need to be able to kind of step outside of the group or to, to hear, hear group rhetoric with, with some scepticism. <coughs> so, chat says, uh, with regard to believing in conspiracy theories, does it just come out of boredom, an inability to accept life on life's terms? Yeah, people, people often want drama, particularly if you're unhappy. You want drama to get outside of your life, right? You want to get outside of your, your frustrating, in, insufficiently compelling existence. And so you're going to be attracted to that which distracts you and drama distracts. So there's a life of real accomplishment. And then if you don't have a life of real accomplishment, then you want a life of distraction and drama. Leaders of organizations are at risk of messianic thinking. Yeah. So once you get a little bit of adoration, it's incredibly intoxicating. And uh, it, it can lead you to wanting more and more admiration. And so it very easily leads to audience uh, capture. How do you stop your biological thoughts when a pose is attractive? Well, depends. If you are getting intoxicated by looking at women in provocative yoga poses, then there's probably something deeper that you're missing in your life. And uh, so the the distraction and intoxication is so powerful for you because you have such a strong need to escape from your mundane life. So bringing bringing higher levels of meaning and fulfillment to your everyday life will reduce the hold that, uh, you know, the the, the beautiful women or, you know, anything that's an intoxicating distraction can hold over you. So Guru Jagat, my former, former yoga teacher, perfection was demanded. She wanted our total devotion. Well, this goes two ways. Like, cults work two ways. Like, gurus work two ways. There are no gurus without followers, all right? And so if a follower allows a guru to get away with bad behavior or excessive demands, then that's on the follower, not just on the guru. Should yoga pants be banned in public? No. I noticed that, uh, that a lot of that very tight, you know, there's tight pants, tight leggings, very popular in, in, in Australia as well as, as well as America. Now, you need to attain a level of, calm inside yourself where you're not going to go nuts when a woman walks by in tight pants. So, Jagat. Guru Jagat. Jagat means teacher of the universe. So, teacher of spiritual salvation. (laughs) So, if you follow someone whose whose title is teacher of spiritual salvation, then, then you're indicating that you're... That that's what you're in the market for. That's what you're looking for, right? You go to certain places, then certain behavior is expected of you. So Guru Jigat's following was a cult within a cult. I can't wait to watch this uh, HBO Max miniseries on my former yoga teacher. And then, like many yoga teachers, she was into far-right conspiracy theories like QAnon. So a lot of alternative health practitioners are also into these, you know, nutty far-right conspiracy theories. So Guruji got promoted QAnon within her wellness bubble. And uh, apparently she was not a big fan of Black Lives Matter. So she was not politically correct. And uh, Vanity Fair interviewed her in April before she died. And Guruji got says, I'm not love and light Susie. I'm direct and I talk about things people don't want to talk about. So she she was into the idea that COVID-19 was planned. She had uh, conspiracy theorist David Icke on a podcast. <coughs> she uh, had Kevin Kerry Cassidy on a podcast. He said that The Matrix was a documentary and he falsely claimed that COVID-19 was activated by 5G. Yeah, I, I made a lot of... Counted a lot of nutty 5G people who've like, moved to Central America to try to get away from 5G. As for the allegations against Yogi Bhajan, Guru says Yogi Bhajan's a historic figure. I'm not spending my days trying to figure out whether George Washington was doing some things I wouldn't agree with in 2021. Well, that's actually a pretty good answer. Guru Singh was a man, a human being with uh, some dark sides and some good sides. So, Guru Jagat was a guru in the millennial girl boss mode, peddling an Instagram friendly spirituality that encouraged adherents to follow their dreams, to get rich quick, and to become more desirable. And she called herself a CEO of seven global businesses in addition to Guru, and the shtick worked. So she had a website with 2 million unique visitors each month, 20,000 online subscribers who paid at least $19 a month to access its content. So a lot of gurus out there, a lot of yoga gurus out there who have an enormous following. So I... There just must be some kind of inherent human need to have someone to tell you how to live your life. But why people would turn to a yoga teacher for this? So Guru Jagat, my former teacher, always had a flair for the dramatic. She liked to dress up and to be the center of attention. She was drawn to spirituality from the age of seven. She presented herself as a self sufficient high flying businesswoman. Her father, her mother, and stepfather provided the initial twenty thousand dollars that got her her group started. We thought it was just a yoga studio, we were completely in the dark about this other stuff. So, before she became Guru Jagat, Katie tried other names. She was Athena Day, and then Zeus, then Katie Day. And then when I knew her, she was the more approachable Kundalini Cody, Katie. She, so she was both using Kundalini Katie and Guru Jagat. She was always trying to find herself. She dropped out of college due to partying, eventually got a degree from Antioch College. She was disillusioned with the traditional religion, and she seemed to find answers to all her big questions in the wellness industry. So in... Uh... 3HO, Yogi Bhajan's legacy company, you can purchase a spiritual name for $40. Have I witnessed the paranormal or the supernatural? I don't think so. I mean, I've had intimations of... I've had intimations of the supernatural, but I haven't witnessed anything supernatural. So my intimations are like that yearning for the for the North, you know, that yearning for God in, in, inside me. Oh, Josh Randall says, you got to get a Disney Plus subscription, watch the Beatles documentary, Get Back. It's long and tedious, but it shows you how blue-collar that band was. I did watch about a 10-hour Beatles documentary approximately 12 years ago. Do I believe in spirits and ghosts? Uh, I neither believe or not believe. So I, I'm I'm open. I'm open to the, to this possibility. I remember I shared this New York Times 2012 article about the dangers of yoga on my my Facebook page and uh, Jura Jagat did not not approve. So yoga, from many perspectives, as the New York Times is this miraculous agent of renewal and healing. People want to be told to do certain things, like do certain postures, do certain breath work, and it will solve a lot of their problems. What's a lot more demanding is something like the Alexander Technique, where you notice the way that you are doing things. And then you learn to subtract the the practices and the habits that you are doing that don't serve you. So that's a lot more demanding. But people just want to go to a class with other people and do certain practices, certain procedures, certain exercises, certain amount of breath work, hear some teachings and feel like this is going to cure them. As opposed to like a one-on-one Alexander Technique lesson where you are noticing your interfering muscular tension patterns and learning to let go of them so yoga is incredibly successful as a business as a spirituality as a form of uh, community and it's got these miraculous traits of calming and curing and energizing and strengthening so yoga can do a lot of good things, but it also has an enormous potential to inflict you know, devastating, blinding pain. Now, many yoga teachers don't really talk about this. So, but for decades, in, in the world's most respected medical journals, such as Neurology, the British Medical Journal, the Journal of the American Medical Association, there have been all sorts of articles and studies warning <coughs> about yoga injuries. You know, some of them result in permanent disabilities. In 1972, a prominent Oxford neurophysiologist published an article in the British Medical Journal arguing that many yoga postures threaten to cause strokes, even in young, healthy people. You have brain injuries rising not only from direct trauma to the neck, but from quick movements or excessive extensions of the neck, such as occur in whiplash or in certain yoga poses. So normally the neck can stretch backwards 75 degrees forward, 40 degrees sideways, 45 degrees, and rotate on its axis about 50 degrees. But yoga practitioners typically move the vertebra much farther. To so an intermediate yoga studio student can typically turn his neck 90 degrees, which is twice the normal rotation. So this kind of hyperflexion of the neck is encouraged by many yoga teachers. But this can wound vertebral arteries It can produce blood clots, swelling, constriction, and just wreak absolute havoc in the brain. As can uh, many chiropractic adjustments. You can suffer headaches, imbalance, dizziness, difficulty in movement that can persist for years due to these yoga poses. And when strokes hit yoga practitioners, doctors may not be able to trace their cause. So all sorts of young, healthy people start doing yoga and suffer permanent, permanent damage. So the number of emergency room admissions relating to yoga is rapidly rising. It went from 13 in the year 2000 to 20 in 2001 to 46 in 2002. So the most uh, serious yoga injuries typically happen to the lower back, the shoulder, the knee and the neck and strokes. So some of the more thoughtful people say your ordinary Westerners should not be doing yoga. Yoga is too dangerous for the average person in the West. Uh, Like doing a headstand can lead to a thoracic outlet syndrome And you compress the nerves passing from the neck into the arms. So yoga, I'm sure for many people it helps. But for many other people, they do permanent damage to themselves. And there's nothing inherent in being a yoga teacher that uh, should make people see you as as a guide to life. So, my yoga teacher, Guru Jagat, Kundalini Katie, she got into Kundalini yoga. She was good at it. She got structure. She got exercise. She got a sense of purpose. She got a channel for enormous creative energy. She stopped drinking. She built a community. She found a following. She developed a stage, a community. She became a, a guru. But from a critical perspective, Kundalini yoga is very shaky ground to build your spiritual salvation on. This is from the Vanity Fair article. So it's not just that Yogi Bhajan invented it out of thin air, but he baked into it many troubling aspects of his sociopathic and narcissistic personality. Because like uh, many new age age gurus, Yogi Bhajan taught that a person's lot in life could be attributed solely to their spiritual well-being and discipline. And that's simply not true. I think that's that's also thinking that's widespread on the right, that your health is basically in your hands. And uh, it's not true. Your genetics, which are not in your hands, will have a tremendous role to play in your health. And uh, this notion that if you, you know you just eat right and exercise, that uh, you're going to live a long, healthy life. If only were that simple. So we're, we're very vulnerable in life. We, we, we can't control ourselves, always, let alone other people. And uh, there's, also, there's also the role of luck. So you can be following traffic laws and a drunk driver can come along. And uh, smoking may not be great for you. It's probably definitely not good for you. But uh, two-thirds of smokers are not going to die early. Oh, so the lead guitar player, Red Hot Chili Peppers, hurt himself pretty good with yogurt. Yeah, I know. A lot of people have done really serious damage. I mean, damage that lasts for months, if not permanently. Yeah, too much stretching uh, can be quite uh, quite dangerous. Yoga can be cruel to the Anglo body. People would benefit from weight training and getting stronger. Yeah, are there rites of exorcism in Orthodox Judaism? Like in some in some some rabbis that probably practice something like that, but it's exceedingly rare. So like ninety nine point nine percent of Orthodox rabbis. Orthodox Jews don't participate or have any experience in exorcisms. Yeah, hypermobility syndrome. Yeah, you can stretch and stretch. And uh, particularly if you've got ehlers danlos syndrome, uh, very dangerous. Uh, that's what I've got. I've got like hypermobile joints. And so, you know, the kind of uh, stretching that uh, yoga encourages can be really bad. Yoga is the gateway drug to (laughs) that. So this is a good Vanity Fair article. Invisible auras and murky spiritual lineages explain why one person should have power over another. This is in Kundalini Yoga philosophy. Subconscious blocks which only the wise guru can intuit become tools to gaslight followers and to dismiss criticism. In 1978 lecture, Yogi Bhajan argued that victims of rape should be blamed for rape. Rape is always invited, he said. person who is raped is always providing subconsciously the environments and the arrangements. Luke, can I recommend a book to you on the merits of strength chaining to prepare for your old age? Absolutely, so... I do my push ups and uh, starting to do pull ups again. So, Yogi Bhajan touted Kundalini as a powerful technology. And there are scientific studies that show the benefit of chanting mantras and the highs experienced from the intensive breath work in Kundalini are useful tools for recovering addicts. So, I'm sure many people have greatly benefited from uh, Kundalini yoga. So many uh, kundalini yogis talk about how the practice yields important spiritual and emotional breakthroughs in their life. Yeah, so you can have a life where you experience powerful spiritual and emotional uh, breakthroughs, but the same practice for someone else will do more harm than good. So uh, Guru Jagat described her guru Monika as being like a rapper name. So uh, it's incredibly rare in Sikhism to receive the word guru in your spiritual name. So maybe Guru Jagat had some special quality. So Guru Jagat began as a performance of her own invention. Somewhere along the line, the once aspiring actor starting believing it. Yeah, so the most successful yoga teachers almost always have a background in theater or television. So, two years ago, she became hell bent on being referred to only as Guru Jagat, even by her parents, who had continued to call her Katie her, her birth name. She wed her student Teg Nam, student two decades younger than her. Teg Nam's real name is Austin Dunbar. Uh, Katie's stepfather recalled how Katie yelled at them for watching CNN they were part of the deep state and George Soros was behind this thing, Pizzagate stuff Katie refused to get the COVID vaccine and held maskless classes in defiance of California's mask ordinance all of this was baffling to Katie's mother who had raised her daughter in a liberal environment, kept saying who is this woman, I don't recognize her Josh says, "I got deep into yoga, and then I woke up in jail. I had to turn my life around." And uh, Bottles recommends a book on the merits of strength training. It's called "The Barbell Prescription." Bye bye.